Let us take you now to the island of short memories and the small village of Fat Hopes. It hardly featured on any map, but thanks to the civil war of lies, the small village of Fat Hopes had grown in importance for all the wrong reasons. They spoke in color in the village, as they did in most parts of the country. The cost of living made people purple. People often felt marooned. And the jokes were always black. I took a walk through this beautiful world. Felt the cool rain on my shoulder. The war is over. At the old hotel, the 50 caliber in the tower next door is wrapped up and attended by one sleepy guard. The main enemy today is not the soldiers, guerrillas, fighters, and suicide bombers of the LTTE but the black crows who hover ominously over the breakfast buffet on the veranda. A man with a slingshot patrols the lawn, driving them away with an occasional shot. Colombo, capital city of Sri Lanka. Unlike the last time I came here nearly a decade ago, this South Asian island nation of 20 million does not feel on lockdown. There are no longer the military checkpoints and heavy equipment, sandbags or barbed wire in between the airport and the center of town. There's a new democratically elected government voted in by a coalition of former adversaries. Everywhere you look, construction, expansion, new hotels, foreign money. Something that looks a lot like hope. Hundreds of thousands of dead and missing later, the country is at peace and we can go where we want. Hopefully, people will be able to talk about their lives. Last time, they couldn't. So this is the golf face green. Um, it used to be a place for the English families to come and hang out on Sundays. 
and it was also the home of the first golf course in Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. So it's, this, is, this is our central park. What are we eating today, by the way? What's good here? So this is all Sri Lankan street food. All these kitchens are run by uh, Muslims, so there's no pork dishes here. Uh, a lot of seafood. Darshan runs several popular Colombo restaurants, including the Ministry of Crab. And when not catering to the needs of his customers, he enjoys simpler fare. What distinguishes between Sri Lankan cuisine and Indian? I think our curries are lighter. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the uh, access to seafood. Like if you look at Mumbai, it's, it's 20 million people. Right. The oceans are under pressure. Here it's still clean. We can have access to great seafood anytime. When did the war get bad? It got really bad, I think, in 2005 onwards. It was really bad. Yeah, we were last here in 2008. I mean, just to get to the hotel, I remember, from the airport, we had to go through one security cordon after another. I mean, we were, during those times, we had no idea when it was going to end. I've, I've done business in this country, and never knowing what a peaceful time to be. How long have things been quiet? Um, well, the war ended in 2009. It's been eight years. I think it takes time for things to happen. Things have happened. The city's not overgrown. Uh, we're not overpopulated. Oceans are still clean. Whatever the underlying problems were, do you think they are being addressed or will be addressed? I think they are being addressed. Maybe a bit slow, but I think you, you'll find a difference. Well, the world has changed, and it's great to see stuff like this. Evening fell upon the small village of Fat Hopes. Suddenly, they heard a noise that filled them with dread. such a culture of fear, an incredible amount of self-censorship. Uh, we had death squads, uh, people, journalists, so many being disappeared. This kind of white van phenomenon where, you know, your loved ones were taken from you and you never heard from them again. There's still so many of those cases going on and 
just a real feeling of fear. From 1983 until 2009, Sri Lanka's bloody civil war divided the island in two, splitting the country along religious lines. Buddhist Sinhalese majority in the south versus Hindu Tamil minority in the north. Years of mistreatment and suppression led to the formation of the LTTE, or Liberation Tamil Tigers of Ilam, and their campaign to seek an independent state. The conflict ended in 2009, but an enormous number of internally displaced persons, or IDPs as they're referred to, remain in refugee camps. Ladies and gentlemen, appearing now and before it is too late, the traveling circus of refugees! Colombo native Tracy Hall Singer is the founder of Mind Adventures Theatre Company. Not long ago to even talk politics, let alone stage a play deemed controversial, could be dangerous. The play that you've been doing uh, it came from a, a, a book, The Boy Who Speaks, speaks in, numbers in Numbers by Mike Marshallamani. It was first performed in November 2009. So <laughs> controversial, would you say? Little. Uh, the play is about internally displaced people. After the end of the war, we had over 300,000 people in camps. The largest one of them was built to house 100,000 people, but ended up housing 227,000 people. Tents that were designed for maybe five people to be in had 10 to 15 people in them. There were no toilets in the camp. There were just these big pits. Living conditions for these people was intolerable. There are some communities, Anthony, uh, in this country that have been displaced for 25 years. That means since the 80s, they haven't had a home. Hurry up! Don't waste my time. What's in the bag? It's just some clothes. I can't take anything inside the camp. Search this. Hurry up, next! The play was staged at a time when all this was so raw for us. And there is no way to speak speak directly about what happened. I think it's still very difficult, not just for us, but for people to acknowledge that these terrible things were done to part of our community and our people. Was this a perilous thing to do and how was it received at the time? You know, I didn't think about whether it was perilous or not and that's probably bad on me because I involved all these other people. That scene is done, we're moving on. For me, the important thing was making sure that in whatever form it got out there, the play is out there and it reminds people that this, this happened. We found the person responsible for trying to poison the minds of all your good people with these lies. She was sleeping amongst you, living amongst you. And there are many others like her. Let this be a lesson to you all. This is how we deal with traitors. Take her away! No! No! So, are things getting better? I would say in one sense, we're not so afraid. You're not afraid to speak out. 
But also, I wouldn't say everything is wonderful. It's not. I think things are slowly being pushed, but it's too slow. So, 20 years from now, are you optimistic, pessimistic? What do you think? This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life... I'm a health reporter and have been for 15 years. And even I feel overwhelmed by some of the things I read about the stuff we're eating. My colleague Meg Terrell wanted to take a deep dive into something you've probably heard a lot about recently. Ultra-processed foods. There is a lot to learn there, some fascinating stuff, and some of it is probably going to change the way you shop. Listen to Chasing Life wherever you get your podcasts. Sri Lanka, formerly known as Ceylon, was once the crown jewel of the spice trade. Its cloves, cardamom, pepper, nutmeg, mace, ginger, cinnamon, chilies, and curry. The envy of the world. These spices built empires. Wow. This is basically chicken curry. Ah, very nice. And then you have a potato that is spicy. Right. Then you have the beetroot. And this is one of the traditional sambos of Sri Lanka. Right. Kumar Lopez is a Tamil who works for the Sri Lankan Press Institute. We sit down for lunch at a local rice and curry joint. So last time I was here was nine years ago. Things have changed a lot. I think, yes. I think the fact that you're able to eat today without even thinking that there could be a bomb that could go off at any moment. Right. It's itself a bigger piece that uh, you could expect for. But I believe that the piece can go to another stage, another level. In the mindset of those who have been impacted by the war, I think there needs to be further work to be done. After World War II, the British left Sri Lanka. Over time, the Buddhist Sinhalese majority both excluded and repressed the mostly Hindu Tamil minority channeling populist fervor to turn discrimination into law. What is the generally accepted underlying reasons for the conflict in the first place? The main cause or the main objective was to have 
a separate land for the Tamils. The underlying reason for that being there were discrimination, there were racism, and that basically brought them to the stage. By 1983, the situation reached its boiling point. The LTTE began waging what would become a 25-year guerrilla war before government forces crushed them in a brutal final offensive. I mean, the war was won militarily. Is everybody speaking now? I think the underlying uh, objective of the present government is definitely to bring about lasting peace. They have actually encouraged uh, some of the uh, business entities to go and invest in the north to give job opportunities. So peace is something that everybody is looking for. So I'll be taking the train to Jaffna shortly. This is a big deal. Oh, it was not running probably for the last uh, 30 years. Whoa, whoa, it was, hasn't been running for 30 yeah, years. It's not been running for at least the minimum 20 years. Because of the conflict? Because of the conflict. Wow. Moreover, Sri Lankans can now travel freely across their country, all the way north to Jaffna. Last time, we couldn't go there. Today, we will. Early morning, Colombo Station. The platforms bustle with a mix of commuters, long-distance travelers, and the occasional tourist. Free from Colombo's gravitational pull, the landscape opens up. Second and third class compartments host a mix of people, smells, and slices of life. Commuters get on at one station, off at another. Others, like me, are in for the long haul. Ten hours to Jaffna. That the Jaffna Queen runs at all is a symbolic move towards reunification. As the fight for an independent Tamil state in Sri Lanka's north intensified, the LTTE destroyed these tracks. For the last two decades of the war, Jaffna was all but cut off from the rest of the world. 
LTTE, unable to match the military might of the Sri Lankan army, fought their war by other means, every means they deemed necessary. Acts of terrorism, suicide bombings, political assassinations brought government retaliation and collective punishment of an equally terrible kind and enormous in scale. The North suffered massive bombardments of civilian areas. Hundreds of thousands of Tamils ended up in refugee camps. By the time it was over, war crimes had been committed on both sides, those caught in the middle paying the ultimate toll. In the final weeks alone, at least 40,000 people were killed in a war the outside world knew little of. Nearing the end of the line, weary passengers await to find themselves in a different world. Out the window, the air is thick with the smell of salt and sea. Jaffna is about as far north as you can go without hitting India. This is the homeland of Sri Lanka's Tamil ethnic minority and during the Civil War, base of the LTTE Tamil Tigers. Remnants of the conflict are hard to miss. Down by the coast, the fish market buzzes, a hive of activity and commerce. Fresh product comes in, deals are made, money changes hands, life goes on. Initially, before the war, the North and East contributed 40% of the GDP. And now? 3%. So there were so many industries here, everything was destroyed. There was no electricity for a long time. We had a coconut farm here, about 100 acres, and it was completely destroyed during the war. There is not even a single tree without a bullet hole. Like many Sri Lankan Tamils, Jana was born here, but with considerable regret, spent much of his life abroad. 
Yeah. I mean, the fighting has stopped. Absolutely. I mean, that's true. What's changed? Uh, a lot of things have been rebuilt. Slowly now they are focusing on rebuilding infrastructure. They are renovating all these ponds and lagoons and now uh, slowly business is thriving in this part of the country. The underlying discontent, the given reasons for the war, is there a sense that those problems are being addressed? But the war was very brutal and people, after 30 years, everybody's tired of war. We have a very affected population. There are about 30,000 war widows, like a close to 25,000 orphan children, about 15,000 people who were uh, landmine victims. From the government side, they are still a bit scared that there may be uh, war popping up again. But slowly now they are addressing issues like uh, employment-wise, opportunities-wise, and there are a lot of occupied lands. Now they are slowly giving it back. So hopeful. Yeah, I, I see the progress. What I see here is the human uh, resilience. Like, you know, after going through this war for 30 years, how quickly people here can uh, rebuild. So what's happening today? First of all, where are we? Uh, this is a Kali temple. And Kali is? Kali is a destroyer of evil. People go and pray uh, and have uh, Kali temples in villages because it destroys evil power. Both good and bad? Yes. Uh, protector? Protector, destroyer. And destroyer. Yes. Because Kali is also known for courage and valor. Like when people go to war and things like that, they go and pray uh, to Kali. Right to give them the confidence and the courage to go and fight. After decades of cultural suppression, Tamils take great pride in their customs, traditions, and religious festivals. Around here, the Madai festival is the most auspicious day of the year for Hindus to balance their spiritual debts. Believers show devotion through suffering, enduring acts of great pain and hardship called cavities, or the burden dance. Cavities can take many forms. You can make a pilgrimage to the main temple on shoes made of nails or roll there on the ground, often for a distance of several kilometers. These are some of the ways believers express gratitude to Kali or implore her for help. Ritualistic body piercing is another such expression. It's a very interesting thing. They prepare for a long time. 28 days they fast. 
and uh, they condition themselves mentally. And uh, when they come to the temple and there's a special ceremony which takes place and they kind of chant and play drums and everything, so you get into a trance. The greater the pain, the greater your dedication to your higher power. Well, let's just say viewer discretion is advised. Coming back, and so is the official Hacks Podcast. With us, your hosts. I'm Paul W. Downs. I'm Jen Statsky. And I'm Lucia Aniello. We're the creators and showrunners. Each week on the podcast, we'll break down the new episodes. We'll also have special guests, cast and crew from the show, like Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart. Hacks Season 3 is available to stream now on Max. Be sure to listen wherever you get your podcasts or listen directly on Max. Islands off Jaffna's coast were holdouts during the Tamil resistance and saw heavy fighting. The people who remained, like the landscape itself, bear heavy scars. This was a conflict that left more than 80,000 women widowed. Well, the whole island is very quiet. I mean, I did not see shops filled with people or uh, children playing in yards or people in fields. It felt very, very, very quiet. Is that a good quiet or a... So it's an area that has been severely depopulated, as you would have noticed when you came here. Now, when you say depopulated, people uh, fled, people were killed, people were disappeared. Ingerinda akal, mutta kalatle ingerinda valiya ponangale. 
and become terribly vulnerable to all other types of abuse because they have no source of income, they have no one to protect them, no one to look after them. So this organization has grown to be a safe haven. Now provide food, shelter, job training, some road to financial independence when they come here they are given a place to stay there also there is a group of women who come here for daily work and there are different projects that are skills training projects for the women and within this space they're given the strength the skills and the opportunities to change their lives orala paadikapetta kaalathile ஒரு ஆள் மட்டும் உழைச்சி குடும்ப நடத்த இல்லாமல் கஷ்டப்பட்ட பிள்ளை அப்படியான ஃபேமிலியை தெரிவு எடுத்திருந்தாங்க அவர்களையும் ஒரு உழைக்கிற கையை கொண்டு வந்தால் வீட்டில் குடும்ப அமைதி ஏற்படும் அந்த வகையில் பணக்க மாற்றத்தை கொண்டு வந்திருக்கிறான் அப்படி தெரி தெரிவு செய்ததன் காரணத்தில் is very important so i think in this culture it is about where your roots are where your family history is what about these kids when they're uh, when they're 16 17 18 they are going to finish their education and then they are going to be looking for jobs and those jobs are not materializing in these areas so in the past number of young people would find ways and means often very risky ways and means to leave sri lanka and go abroad So unless there is some really serious efforts to revive economic activities and investment life is going to be very tough for these kids. anyone in Sri Lanka where to find the best food and they'll say nobody cooks as well as auntie and it's true trust me often possessing the strength of 10 men Sri Lankan aunties are a force to be reckoned with
Jaffna crab curry might be, for me anyway, the holy grail of Sri Lankan cuisine. Spicy and fiery in a cuisine known for being spicy and fiery already. During the war years, it was hard to get crabs like this, and still is today, the majority being exported to other parts of the country and abroad. But in this time capsule of a home, it might as well still be 1953. I've been invited here by Dr. Ravi, his sister Jeeva, and their beloved auntie, best cook in the family. So there we have it. Uh, welcome to Jafta, welcome to paradise. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. These are delicious, by the way. Yeah, they're great, aren't they? Wow. <laughs> are, they t- are they toasted and then sort with of yogurt. dipped in yogurt, dried, sun dried? Wow. This is a beautiful home. Thank you very much. Well, built in the 30s? In the 30s, sort of late British period. How, how is it that this remained in the family, that you were able to hang on, that you're still here? So during the war, the tigers lived here, and then the Sri Lankan army lived here for a little while. But my father kept coming back here, making sure that he made his presence known. I think the thing is that it was, it has a lot of, you know, family uh, stories. So even a lot of my cousins have a great attachment to this house. Can I get you some more crab, Harry? Please, thank you. Thank you, so beautiful, thank you. So delicious. I've been to a lot of places just after really awful, awful conflicts. Some nations, there's a simmering and boiling sense of injustice, rage, humiliation, particularly when you have large groups of young people unemployed wandering around. Do you think that there's any possibility that if everybody doesn't get the recipe right, that we could see, you know, another generation of adversaries? Generally speaking, other people want to get on with it. Because the, my generation, they certainly don't want to go back to... To that. To that. I think the generation that might are the five, six-year-olds at school now would have forgotten the horrors of war. And you go back to your AK-47, my six months in the sun. I think I am optimistic, but I think that one of the first things that we need to build, I mean, is to build a trust amongst the people. There are lots of IDPs still, still in camps, and if they could be given back their lands, that might be useful to also jumpstart the economy. It should be a paradise, yes. I mean, look, look out the window. Yeah, absolutely. Potential is incredible. So, 20 years from now, are you optimistic, pessimistic? What do you think? have to be optimistic. You have to be. Empathy is everything. It's part of what makes us human. That's, what, that's where we have to connect and understand each other. It's all very idealistic. I, I know that. For some people, the hurts are too deep. For some people, it's too late for forgiveness or trust or 
you know, you have, for example, communities that have been displaced 13 times over the past 25 years. That's what you call a breeding ground for... Uh, trouble. For trouble. Yeah. Sri Lanka has been through and endured a lot, far more than most. It's a lot to ask of any place to put aside such things as hate, fear, a desire for revenge. It might still be too much, but there is indeed, it appears, reason to hope. Hi, Tony. How are you doing, man? Hi. Nice to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you. Greasing up the, uh, what's that, grouper? No. Yeah. Uh, you put it on the banana leaf, is it? Yeah, yeah. that's right, yeah. Uh, any fishermen here? Yeah, he's, he's, they're all fishermen. Okay, so what happened oh, during the war? Could you fish? Yeah, yeah. because straight through. They only have to get the permission, and then they're limited for uh, one kilometer. Did people feel safe anywhere to no, do what they did? Any time, nobody felt safe. Curfew was uh, installed here, four o'clock. Otherwise, you can be shot. These people have to make a living. They have to make catch fish to feed their home their family, so they have to go. Uh, all right, hey, what's up, bro? What's up, young man? Most of the world, when you've been through a struggle like this, so painful and so vicious, usually at the end of the day, people cannot say, look, I'm exhausted. Nobody wins here. We all want to live in a world where we can take care of our children. Are we at that point in uh, Sri Lanka? Just now, people never beg, but they will fight. Please, look at the future. Don't let the young people again to go and take up arms. Invest, develop, give them some guidance. These people that do ran a war. These guys have had torpedoes, submarines. Ingenuity. They were also keen about destroying the war, terrorism, destroying the terrorism. They never value the strength of the people. Really? Yeah. Is that how this ends? That's the story. Then. It's a little depressing, no? How about a message of hope? Yes. No. Yes, yes, yes. All right. And then one day, the civil war of lies came to an abrupt end. Harsh question. Yeah. Why should Americans watching this? Why should we give a shit? Why should people care about Sri Lanka? I guess. I don't know why Americans should care. I, w I just want Sri Lankans to care. The story has to go on, and for it to go on, we have to have some hope. Citizens were asked for what they most desired. And that is how peace came to the island of short memories. The warring parties fast realized that it didn't matter who won or who lost. Because in the end, they were all on the same side.
When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.